Hey there, Love Food listener, Julie Duffy Dillon here, and welcome to episode 195 of the Love Food Podcast. I am so glad you're here, and if you're new to the podcast, this is a sort of bonus episode called the After the Letters Project, where we dive deeper into issues that we maybe are stirring up in the weekly episodes that feature a letter from someone just like you who has outlined their complicated relationship with food. I sift through it sometimes with a guest and then food writes back. But today's episode is different. Today, I want to talk to you, you, the person who's new to intuitive eating. Intuitive eating can feel so exciting and so scary at the very same time. Are you experiencing these things? Are you so excited to finally have a way to experience food in your body without dieting, yet terrified of what that means? Oh, I am totally, totally wanting to connect with you right now, and I hope it helps you to fuel yourself forward in the places that you've been wanting to go. I have been talking to people along their food peace journey using intuitive eating work for 20 years plus now, and you know, there are some things that we have found along the way. And there's some pitfalls that I want to point you toward in these next few minutes to help you just to like, not get stuck in them or to, I feel like a lot of people get stuck in these certain pitfalls and reject intuitive eating. And then they come back to it. But maybe if we can help you um, not get stuck in these things, it'll keep you moving forward instead of spending any more time wasted on diet culture. But first and foremost, I want to ask you a question. What brought you to intuitive eating? Why now? Why is it something that you're considering? If you're new to intuitive eating, I'm guessing that you have tried a lot of diets. You've tried many different things to change your weight, to improve your health. You've tried them all, or at least Uh, many ones, many different times, and you've blamed yourself for them not working. And maybe you came across the Real Simple article on intuitive eating. Maybe someone that you're friends with handed you the intuitive eating book, or you saw the hashtag intuitive eating um, that someone on Instagram that you follow had put in there. And you're like, what's intuitive eating? What does that mean? I know for many people, myself included, when I first heard the words intuitive eating, I kind of thought like a psychic, like like an intuitive. And, and it's not like that. And it's not this like hocus pocus rejecting science. It's actually a really scientific, evidence-based way of living your life and a different way that is countercultural. But if you are connecting to intuitive eating, that lets me know that you have tried diets enough. You have. You've tried them enough, and it's okay to do something different. It really is. That is your evidence that it doesn't work for you. And as you're stepping into intuitive eating, you may be jumping in or like dipping your toe into some really cold water. Be leery of a few things. First and foremost, intuitive eating is not a diet, and we live in diet culture, so our brain will often make any kind of way relating to food really diety. And unfortunately, this happens with intuitive eating as well. So what I would encourage you to just to notice is the excitement you may be feeling right now for intuitive eating. The excitement may feel really similar that 
to like the feelings of starting a diet. You may feel really hopeful. You may be like putting plans together and yeah, just feeling like, man, I finally got my shit together. That is the seductive, sneaky sides of dieting that are even intuitive eating too. And you, you know, if you found intuitive eating by um, a hashtag on your favorite influencer on Instagram, you know, they may be also someone who's dieting using intuitive eating. It's kind of a trap because it's really trendy, but just know that seductive kind of side you may be feeling with intuitive eating has ties to diet culture. And when that buzz goes away, it doesn't mean that it's not working or that it's a failure. It just means that you're really getting to really what intuitive eating is. It's not supposed to be this quick fix and it's not always going to feel warm and fuzzy. It's going to feel really like a lot harder in the beginning after that kind of seductive buzz goes away. And then it'll feel feel even harder and darker, and then it'll feel like yourself, like you'll feel like you're finally home. And that's something that can take at least a year for most people, even longer if you live in a body that's marginalized, even longer if you're recovering from an eating disorder, even longer if you've been on a diet since childhood. Yeah, it's going to take a while, but I'm here with you in the long haul. Love Food has been... Um, a podcast for four years and I can hear a really loud car going down the street near my office. So something I haven't mentioned on after the letters is these are episodes that I don't get edited. They're just me plugging my microphone in and blah, just talking. So um, Toby, my, my editor for my love food episodes, isn't here doing his fancy magical thing. So uh, please excuse the loud muffler that just went by. But anyway, I digress. So with intuitive eating, what else? The other thing I want you to, to, to know that's like a big pitfall is that intuitive eating often gets misinterpreted into just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. Isabel Fox and Duke was the first person I heard talk about intuitive eating getting um, twisted up into the hunger fullness diet. And, you know, the hunger fullness side of intuitive eating is a really easy way to explain what it is, but it's just two of the 10 principles. And I find as someone who is sitting or walking alongside people who are doing this healing work with intuitive eating, hunger and fullness types of conversations are really not not a part of it in the beginning because diet culture is so loud and a big part of how we see our bodies and food that we need to get through all that twisted mess and sort out, sort it out and decide what you want to keep, what you want to get rid of, what you want to challenge. And if we just are looking for hunger and fullness, and when I say it like that, what I'm thinking about is how people assume intuitive eating means you just eat when you're hungry and how dare you eat outside of hunger. And if you eat past fullness, shame on you, you're not doing it right. Do you see how that's just so fucking diet culture-y? It is, right? And so that is not intuitive eating. Intuitive eating has some core concepts like unconditional permission to eat. That is like the foundation of it. And what that looks like instead is permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And finding a way to have compassion with yourself to have that permission whenever you want it. And when we truly have that permission which is hard for many of us because we are walking out into a world that tells us our body's wrong. 
But as we find other people and we get the support we need and we're rallying with other people who are doing the same work, for many of us, that's when we can kind of cut through all the noise and we can finally have permission, permission to eat whatever we want. It also, that permission has some complicating factors with financial privilege and just access to food. So for many people I talk to, they don't have, a, they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so having enough food around is just not something that they have all the time. And so, yeah, having permission just to eat what you need and what you have access to is such a big part of this. So if you find yourself having shoulds and shame around the hunger fullness side of intuitive eating, you're making it into a diet. So try to avoid that pitfall well as well. So those are the two biggest pitfalls that I see with people who are new to intuitive eating. What I want you to do instead is to notice. It's really important to notice. Notice how you react to certain foods, to certain conversations, to certain commercials. Notice how your body feels when you're eating, when you're not eating, when you're rested and not rested. Notice how you experience your body when you're around certain people, when you're walking down the street, when you are sitting on the bus. Notice how that changes when you're around people in your family or certain friends with your healthcare provider. Notice how you feel when you are sitting down and getting your hair cut. <laughs> Notice if it's any different than when you're by yourself when you're in clothes that feel a little too tight or in clothes that feel like they're made for you. Notice how your body and your relationship with food is the same or different when you are reading a book or you're looking in the mirror. You know, those are so, oh, that's the nuance of intuitive eating and that's where the work is. It helps you to cultivate compassion for the nuance and that's where your story is unique. And that's where the healing happens. If anybody tells you intuitive eating is about being smaller and to make sure you're eating less, that means they don't know what intuitive eating is. Intuitive eating is not about eating less. Intuitive eating is about healing. And all those things that I, I just mentioned, plus a million other things to notice, that's what intuitive eating work is. All right, so enough for now. I look forward to connecting with you in a future Love Food podcast episode, whether it's a regular one or another After the Letters project. I'm going to be giving you as many things as I can in the After the Letters project that will help you in your new year, same you. Oh, and the train is coming, so we're going to start hearing some toots. And so I'm going to sign off. But until next time, take care. This episode of the Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace courses. Check out all the details at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the Love Food Podcast, I would love it if you left a rating, a review, subscribed, or shared an episode. I have a goal of getting to 1,000 reviews this year in 2020, and it's one of the things that I have been told will help me connect with a literary agent to write a book. So doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow and helps me meet that goal. So thank you in advance. And I look forward to seeing you, connecting with you in the next Love Food episode. Bye for now.
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.